outside smell. Oh, that would be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. I love it. That's the signal. Let's go. It's a beautiful day because trimming the musical fat is back. I'm Stephen Nicholson. And I'm Paul Nicholson. And together with our guests, over the next hour or so, we'll be putting some musical wrongs to rights by trimming albums that are arguably too damn long. Today, we're taking on anthemic Irish music legends U2 and their 1997 album Pop. Arguably, their last sonically daring album, as due to the reception it received, they retreated to safer, more chart-friendly bothering musical styles afterwards. What's going to make the TTMF supercut version of the Pop album? Discotheque? Staring at the sun? Please? What's not going to make it? Gone? Last Night on Earth, and the song written about one of our guests today, <laughs> Ross Muffo. <laughs> stay, stay tuned to find out. And we ask a 13-year-old teenager to listen to the pop album for the first time and tell us what his favourite song from it is in a feature called Hey, Generation Z. This is what real music sounds like. So why are we doing this? Uh, we're both huge music lovers and got into music during the transition period from cassettes and vinyl to CDs being the favoured consumer choice for buying music. What we started to see with that was a shift, and this continues into the digital streaming age, of artists taking the opportunity to increase the duration of their albums. No longer were they limited to a 50-minute single vinyl record, now with CDs and a huge reduction in vinyl sales, they could release single albums that lasted nearly 80 minutes. However, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And there are, in our opinion, uh, a huge number of albums that would have been so much better by keeping to that 40, 50 minute duration. Get rid of those extra 10, 20, 30 minutes of music that's not as strong as the rest of the album and release it um, as the shorter album. So, with this podcast and in each episode, we go back in time to revisit an album and trim its musical fat. We hope by doing that, we'll make the album a better, more satisfying listening experience. We'll also, during the podcast, share our own experiences of the album, uh, what we were doing at the time, uh, what we think of the artist in question. And we'll also share with you information with regard to the, the, the album's critical reception, sales figures, chart positions, and we'll also look at some interesting fun facts from the year of release, which in this case is 1997. Now, there are three golden rules we need to follow uh, when we're trimming each album, and they are rule number one, the album must be no longer than 50 minutes. Rule number two, for the tracks selected, they've got to be resequenced for the best listening experience. And the final rule is we can include tracks that were recorded at the same time as the album in question, but which did not feature. So tracks which did not feature on the album 
can be included. So that could be uh, A's and B sides, alternative versions, remixes, uh, maybe tracks not officially released until years later or put on compilations instead. So we can use all of those tracks along with the original tracks from the album release. Uh, release. Ultimately, after we've had a, a healthy debate about the songs, uh, what we'll include, what we'll drop, uh, we'll end up with the, the TTMS supercut of the album. Well, we didn't want to do this on our own, so we invited two gentlemen who were personal hairdressers to you two in the 80s and were responsible for keeping their mullets looking good during that time. Sadly, they were unavailable, so we've got these guys instead. So welcome for the first time to the Trimming the Musical Fat podcast, Mr. Ross Braidwood. How are you, Ross? Very well, Stephen. Very well. Thanks for uh, inviting me. You are welcome. And returning guest, Brian Borthwick. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Nice to be back. Good, excellent. Good to have you both along. Uh, So what have you guys been up to in the the last week or so? Just working, I suppose. Um, Rock rock and roll, roll. yeah. Yeah, it's well, not not much you can do no. at this moment. Time to be to be fair, and, and and Ross, one of the things that we've asked all the guests on the previous show is we're obviously about a year into the COVID uh, lockdown. Um, so two questions: one, how have you found it? Two, what's the the one thing that you're desperate to do uh, once the the lockdown is lifted and we get back to some some semblance of normality? Um... In terms of the, 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 the pandemic itself, it's probably actually been relatively positive that I've been able to work at home and not commute. So I've kind of felt that over a period of time, more sleep, normally commute, that you get more time, more energy and more time to do things. So I've taken up things like uh, playing the keyboard and, and just doing more sort of fitness type stuff in the house. So these kind of things uh, I probably wouldn't have the time to do. Um, so probably the main that I suppose the downside is he's not being able to meet up with people. Um, what I would, what I'm looking forward to is probably going to the pub and uh, yeah, watch a football in the pub or a gig. I think that's the probably two key things that I'm really, really missing. I've missed them for the last good year or so. So yeah, sooner rather than later, hopefully. Okay, and well, great to have both you guys along as we look at or listen to and revisit U2's pop album. So let's start talking about the subject of this episode, U2's pop. So pop is the ninth studio album from U2. It was released in March 1997 and was preceded by the UK number one single, Discotheque. Now, this was a follow-up to U2's 1993 release, Zeropa, and their 1995 album, um, Original Soundtracks 1, which was released under the name Passengers. Uh, The album was produced by Flood, Howie B and Steve Osborne, uh, and the cover was designed by ABA Dublin and featured headshots of all four band members in different colours. And we'll talk about the album cover later on in the podcast. There are 12 songs on it, and it was a one-disc CD. On vinyl, it was a double album with three tracks on each side. The album is 60 minutes in duration, which means we need to lose at least 10 minutes today. 
there were over six singles released from the album, which was the, the most from any single U2 release. So the singles were Discotheque, which was a UK number one, and I believe their last top 10 US hit. Uh, the second single was Staring at the Sun, which was a UK number three, uh, but hit number one in Canada. However, it was only a top 40 US hit, I think reaching, if memory serves, number 26. Uh, Last Night on Earth followed that, which was a UK top 10 hit, but only reached 57 in the US. A remixed version of Please was released, uh, and there was two versions of that. Uh, One was a Pop Mart uh, release, which had four live versions of tracks, which were Please, Staring at the Sun, When the Streets Have No Name, and what did they say there, guys? Yeah, forgotten. Please. Uh, and with or without you yes that was the other one uh, uh another two releases were if god will send his angels and mofo paul so the critical reception to pop coming out in 97 was quite favorable in the music press and the public and it and it sold quite well initially uh but after kind of look at, looking in retrospect at it and kind of the legacy of it in the music press and through the public, it's seen as a disappointment and some calling it U2's Nadir period. When the album came out, the sales started really well, but for the first time in a long time, they fell away quite rapidly uh, after it hit number one and it became U2's worst selling album since the October album, which was released in 1981. So it it reached number one in the UK and the US, as I say, and went platinum in both countries, which on the face of it is a great achievement, but it didn't have the longevity on the charts that the previous albums had had. So in terms of sales, it sold 6.7 million copies worldwide, but that was still 1.3 less than Zuropa the previous album, which sold 8 million copies. The streaming figures for the album were 20,317, and that's uh, down from the Zuropa figures, which were 27,000, so that was 7,000 less downloads for pop album as opposed to Zuropa. And the most streamed song on the album was Staring at the Sun. Okay, thanks for that, Paul. And so we're going to go in now to the top 10 best-selling singles of 1997. Okay. And at number 10, who else can it be? It's U2 with Discotech. At number 9, Something About the Way You Look Tonight by Elton John. At number 8, Tub Thumping by Chubbawamba. At number 7, Men in Black by Will Smith. At number six, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. At number five, the classic Barbie Girl by Aqua. At number four, Don't Speak by No Doubt. At number three, Mbop by Hanson. At number two, I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. And at number one, which is the biggest selling single of all time, incidentally, is Candle in the Wind 97 by Elton John.
Thank you, Paul. So, uh, Ross and Brian, any personal favourites? Slim Pickens, is it not? <laughs> I was just thinking that myself. No, he, no he's, not, he's not in it. I mean, I've got to really say that when it comes to singles, and well, probably now as much as that back in the 90s, that quality does it correlate with actual single sales, I think. I think that's safe to say. Um, but yeah, in terms of Probably a solid point six is probably no doubt. Hey, don't speak. Crackins on. But other than that, yep, we'll slim pickings, what you say. So, so Brian, one of your personal <laughs> favourites yep, yep. there. Apart apart from that one, obviously. Uh, just you two and no doubt it's probably the only the only two. I don't think there was any other ones there that I really <laughs> would really uh, pick as a favourite. What about you, Paul? Uh, I like uh, something about the way you look tonight, Elton John. That's a really good song. Yeah, yeah and good. don't speak, no doubt, probably. And uh, Chubba Wumba, of course, that's <laughs> very much of the time, and it makes you think about uh, the Brit Awards and John Prescott. <laughs> that's right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> two two jags, I think you called them. Two jags. <laughs> two jags Prescott. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I like uh, I'll Be Missing You. I did like that. Um, and Don't Hate Me. I actually like I Kelly. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm putting it out there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be struck down by lightning. <laughs> well, we'll, move, we'll move quickly on. Uh, so let's move on then, Paul, to the top 10 best-selling albums of 1997. Okay, so At number 10, we had Backstreet's Back by the Backstreet Boys. At number 9, Reload by Metallica. At number 8, Spice World by the Spice Girls. At number 7, Be Here Now by Oasis. At number 6, Butterfly by Mariah Carey. At number 5, the album we're all talking about today, Pop by U2. Number 4, Urban Hymns by The Verve. At number 3, The Fat of the Land by The Prodigy. Number two, OK Computer by Radiohead. And at number one, let's talk about love, Celine Dion. <laughs> yes. It's all going so well up to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OK, well, Brian, let's start with you. What's uh, two or three in there that yep, uh, uh, you like? Prodigy. Other than Celine Dion? <laughs> Prodigy, Fat of the Land. It's a great album. Mm-hmm, Oasis, great album. Be Here Now. Mm-hmm. Another great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, U2. Metallica in there, but mm-hmm. not one of their best, though. Reload, must be said. <laughs> that was their comeback album, wasn't yeah. it? After... Yeah. Well, they had Load... No. Oh, yeah. That's and then reload. But, <laughs> Unload was yeah, after that, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too heavy. Unload. Loaded. <laughs> Download, yeah. <laughs> I think it was he- yeah. heavy load. <laughs> Quite forgettable albums, really. Yeah. Not, the, not yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ross Bang and Pop Pop. I won't come to that anyway in terms of my kind of view on Pop as an album, but um, mm-hmm. probably the other two that would probably. Um, uh, catch the eye would be Urban Hymns. I mean, Urban Hymns is a is a terrific album. Um, 
obviously the singles are great on it, but the album tracks as well. It's got to be okay, computer. Yeah, terrific album. Mm. Absolute faultless. And it's one of the ones where, fun enough, um, I was probably a, a fan of the, the bands, but I never really took to okay, computer or the singles. But it was years later, after listening to Ian Rainbows, I kind of bought it and, you know, and really, uh, you, you kind of see the, the quality of the sort of songs come comparison to be here now you know it's like night and day yeah so you see you see you seen the light years later and then discovered that actually no not quite number three oh. in the, the, the third. <laughs> but i'm cracking now <laughs> yeah okay uh paul yeah probably the best album there obviously apart from the backstreet boys would be <laughs> radio radiohead okay computer yeah because it's one of the best albums in the last 25 years, I suppose, 30 years. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Don't know about that. Yeah, but... yep, yeah great. I'd have that. <laughs> Bri- Brian, Brian's the world's <laughs> yeah. biggest radio yes. head fan. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer Celine Dion? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a proud... But even, I would say, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think the, the best... The best uh, impression of Radiohead is, is oh, what yeah, my dad yeah. does, which is fantastic. <laughs> it's really uplifting, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's like, uh, it's like uh, why do you listen to that rubbish? I mean, it's like, it's like oh, I'm so happy. He has got a point. He's uh, Tom York's sort of vocal delivery. Yeah, he's, he's got a point, but I'm exactly that. I'm going on a holiday. <laughs> oh, yes, but no, a brilliant album. Um, and um, did anybody uh, own nope. a copy of Spice no, World? I did. I used to. I used to. Oh, so, oops, sorry, that was me. Let's move <laughs> on to the movies. <laughs> uh, and uh, the top 10 movies from 1997. Yeah, oh. so worldwide, these are the top 10 grossing movies of that year. At number 10 was The Full Monty. At number 9, The Fifth Element. At number 8, My Best Friend's Wedding. At number 7, Liar Liar. At number 6, As Good As It Gets. At number 5, Air Force One. At number 4, Tomorrow Never Dies. At number 3, Men in Black. At number 2, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. And at number 1, Titanic. Well, I thought I watched Titanic for the first time not long ago, maybe last year. Don't don't spoil the end. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Did you get that? Happened, it, was, it was on for three hours. Um, but I, it was actually actually it's actually quite a well big film. Um, the song's terrible, obviously. It's Celine Dion song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Common theme going on here. Yeah, yeah. it was actually it's actually quite a well made film. Probably my favourite in the top ten, but um, mm-hmm. not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Any uh, favourite movies of yours? In there, um, there's no like most of them are all right. Tomorrow Never Dies mm-hmm. is good film. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there? Jurassic Park. Yeah, Full Monty. Yeah, that was all right. Sequel, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> a big fan of that. Air Force One would probably be my favourite out of them. I think. Uh, yeah. Stay with me. Mm. 
It's yeah, good because it's good. quite realistic. It's, it's, it's one of those <laughs> ones. Of course. Wow. <laughs> yes, Mr. President. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's one of those ones that seems to be always on a channel <laughs> does, uh, late at yeah. night on yeah. TV, and you end up watching it all the way oh, through. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's good, but it's good as oh like yeah, oh yeah, that was good comedy. Yeah, did that go win an Oscar yeah, or something? Really good, that? really good. Is it? Is that good? Yeah, yeah. He got best. Uh, That's good fun. Really good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. But yeah, you probably, probably as good as it gets. Favorites? It's funny when I'm looking at all these films. Are films that I, I think I liked at the time, but when you when I mm-hmm. when I watch them now, I don't really care for them much. You know, like a few of them, I probably, in fact, I, th- I think about half of them I went, I saw at the cinema, but now I wouldn't really mm-hmm. be interested in watching them really. And that includes the Bond film as well. I don't think it's aged that well. Uh, so probably as good as it gets for me would be the one that sticks out. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, let's move on to the top three mm-hmm. news stories from 1997. Yeah. So it's hard to believe you had twi- uh, 24 years ago now, yeah. So, your math skills are <laughs> thank strong. Thank you. The force is with me. So, yeah, the these are three three events that happened that year. Uh, the first Harry Potter book was published in '97, and of course, she wrote them in Edinburgh. And mm-hmm. a big thing in the, in that year. In the UK, Labour won the general election, ending 18 years of Tory rule. So that, that was that was a big thing, at, you know, at the time, and and one of the yeah one of those sort of GFK moments was uh, the death of the Princess of Wales, Princess oh. Diana. So that was that was mm-hmm. one of those moments where were you when this happened? You know, that was one of those. Let's ask the question, Paul. Does everybody remember where they were when the sound? Yes. I, I remember this vividly, uh, but I'll leave. I'll leave that yep. to well, last. I remember being in a taxi on the way home about three in the morning after a night out, <laughs> and hearing it on the. <laughs> it would have been yeah. Is that the same night I was on? <laughs> and hearing it on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think I think he woke up in the morning well, thinking, I, 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 "Did that really happen?" And then turn the news on. Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because I remember being on a night out, and I actually don't remember the radio in the taxi. <laughs> I remember next again morning, I think, uh, seeing it on the news as I kind of fell out of bed and tried to eat some breakfast. Yeah, I, I think it was. Um, a, about you, Ross? It was a it was a Sunday morning that I found out. I think about it must have been on the telly. Put the telly on, and it was like breaking news because I think it was it was the same weekend off the old firm, Derby. I'm sure yeah, something that, or, or that was happening the week after they got cancelled. I can't mind, but, uh, but it was definitely Sunday morning, and I think I had a night before as well. So I can see a bit of a trend here. <laughs> Back in the ni- early nineties, we were. Uh, we were mm-hmm. really I think Ross, we were at the, the Tartan Club, which is no longer yeah, there at Fountain yeah. Bridge. I think we were, <laughs> we were there on the Saturday night, and I remember not knowing anything, but just waking up, and we had Sky at the time, and it was just like this big news flash along the bottom of the screen and uh, at first we didn't it didn't say she died but she'd been in a serious accident and it was just like the shock when it came on the screen 
Yeah, cheery stuff. So we'll try, we'll we'll try and make the next one a bit more cheery. Uh, a bit more cheery after that. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, all I've got in my head now is actually going back to the top 10 albums with the Backstreet Boys, and, and we're talking about being in the pub. And that was that's still one of your favourites, Ryan. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. we're back again. <laughs> a classic. Brian's prone to, to jumping yeah. in with that one randomly <laughs> on a night out. <laughs> ah, good times. Good memories. Oh my God, we're back again. Oh my God, it's time to trim the talk. So what we're going to do is um, we are going to have three minutes and three minutes only and we will be asked, the, the, we're going to answer the same question and we will answer it in alphabetical order of our names. So Brian will be going first, followed by Paul, then Ross, then myself. And hopefully uh, we can answer the questions quickly enough so that everybody gets to hear our answers. Unlike the Guns N' Roses one last week where... <laughs> We failed miserably. <laughs> so, gentlemen, yeah. are you ready? And we're off. Three minutes start now. Uh, Brian, describe you two in three words. Uh, Irish rock and roll. Oh, there you go. Three words. Irish <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> Paul? Yeah. I said Paul, yeah, then Ross. Mullet. <laughs> Turned good. <laughs> um, um, Roscoe? Dynamic. Um, uh, ambitious. Um, struggle. Right, okay. Um, You're on a timer, Ross. Uh, legendary. Okay, I'll go uh, Irish, Edge, Anthems. Next question. Um, two minutes left. If you've seen you two live, what was the best concert you've seen them? So, Brian. Be at Hamden. Can't remember the year. <laughs> Hamden Park, Glasgow. 2005. 2004, five, yeah. Right, uh, yeah, I saw them in 2005 with Brian at Hamden, yeah. It would be Coke Park, 2017, Ross? the 30th anniversary of the, the Joshua Tree. Um, Okay, for me, I've seen them four times. The best one for me was '97 and the Pop Mart tour. Uh, okay, favorite U2 album? That would be. Uh, I would have to say probably have to be the Joshua Tree. I think. I would say Atong oh. Baby. Joshua Tree. One minute remaining. For me, Atong Baby. Uh, favorite U2 song. Mm, uh, I'm going to say City of Blinding Lights. Ooh. Okay. I'm oh. going to say Hold Me, Kiss Me, Throw Me. <laughs> that one is my favorite song. <laughs> um, okay, Ross. I you. 30 seconds to go. I mm. would go with Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Favorite member of you two? Oh, no. Bono. The Edge. The Edge. Uh, what were you doing at the time of the album? Oh. Release in March 1997. <laughs> 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 it was a personal 
that's a tough. That's a that's a tough one. Jenga number two. <laughs> yeah, probably be working at Royal Mail at that time. I think. Yeah, we're out of time. We've we failed tough, again this tough week. Tough last to get, question. Uh, through all the questions. <laughs> Um, actually, there is one question which I'm still going to break our rules here and ask you. So go again, I'll go around in alphabetical order. But in its current incarnation, the original release, what would you rate the album out of five, where one is uh, terrible, five is a classic? So, Brian, what pop. would you say? <laughs> go on. Uh, we are indeed. Three. Okay. Three. Oh. Four. I would probably go four as well. Three and a half, four. So before we dive into the album itself, let's see if we have any good U2 jokes that we can share. Uh, So I'm maybe going to kick things off. Um, uh, And there's a lot of good U2 jokes uh, around there. So let's start with this one. Why did... Bono fall from the stage. He was too close to the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Right, anybody? The difference between Jesus Christ and Bono. Jesus does more crown thinking he's Bono. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Ryan, you how any? many members of U2 does it take to screw in a light bulb? Oh, yeah. One. Bono holds the bulb and the world revolves around him. <laughs> <laughs> That's on Bono, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not. I'm afraid not. You got, you, you got any rules? Nothing comes to mind. I mean, I've got some songs you could class as jokes. Ah. Um, some terrible ones. Some terrible <laughs> songs. That's another podcast. Yeah. I've got I've got one. What did Bono say to God when he first arrived in heaven? <laughs> I believe you're sitting you in my chair. <laughs> I've got one. Wales. <clears throat> did you hear about the family with the U2 sat nav? All the streets have no names and they still haven't found what they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got another one, Brian? It was going to be that one, actually. That Paul's just come up with. All right, but... sorry. <laughs> well, here, uh, why are they called U2? Because everyone knows it's Bono, The Edge, and U2. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what kind of lawyers praise you to? <laughs> Pro Bono lawyers. <laughs> Ah, and that will be this week's instalment of Jokes. Okay, it's time to ask a teenager to listen to this YouTube album for the first time and tell us what they think about it in a feature called Hey Generation Z. This is what real music sounds like. 
So Luke, you've just listened to U2's Pop for the first time. What were your initial impressions of it? I think it was pretty good. But uh, I would say there's there was four or five really good songs. But then the other ones were not as good. I think they were just putting them out there because that's how many they had to have hmm. in an album. How uh, many you have to have. Do you remember any of the songs that you did particularly like? Um... Like staring at the sun was maybe your favourite? Yeah, because I just think that rhythm and stuff was good and the song didn't feel to drag on. Right, okay. And the one that you thought was okay but the kind of drum loop repeating was beginning to irritate you was Miami? What, what irritated you about it? Um, I'm not really sure, just because it's just the, the chorus bit. It has started to annoy me a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah. Another one you liked was Last Night on Earth. Mm-hmm. That had the kind of uh, chorus that you liked as well. So what was it you liked about that one? Um, I just thought the rhythm, of, the rhythm of it was good as well. And again, it, was just, it just didn't seem to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, if you were allowed to pick one from kind of the extended list of songs we've got for this album... I think the one you would go for would be the one from Batman Forever. Hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. Is that right? Yeah, probably. Because it's from a movie again. Yeah? Because <laughs> the last time. It's like the last time it was yeah. from a movie. This time it's from a movie. Mm-hmm. I can see a theme emerging here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you listen to more U2 after listening to this one? Um, yeah, but maybe I'd probably if I'd probably make a playlist because I'd probably take a couple mm-hmm. of um, these songs. Mm-hmm. And then maybe uh, put some of the other ones because, uh, yeah, I think uh, that would be um, better because I probably wouldn't want to listen to the whole album mm-hmm. because there's a few I, d- I wasn't really uh, keen on. Okay, thank you, Luke. You're welcome. Actong, baby! It's time to trim the fat. So for this, uh, for selection... We're including the 12 songs from the original 1997 album release, uh, Miss Sarajevo and Your Blue Room from Passengers, the single remix of Please, U2's 1995 single from the Batman Forever soundtrack, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, which actually, Brian, I'm going to get you to try this. Try and say Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me very quickly five times in a row. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. 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 Kill Me. Just, just like that. Uh, I was going, uh, yeah. Brian. You might have missed the part where I said do quickly. Me. <laughs> Hold me, thrill me, kiss oh, me, kill me. Recording must have been easy. a bit slow. Hold me. I was actually going faster than that. Hold me, thrill uh, me. Must be it. Ross, throw me, kiss me. Ross, give it a go. Hold me, thrill me. No, guys. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on now. So, uh, so yes, we can include Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, <laughs> and the three Mike Hedges mixes of okay. the, the pop tracks that were released on U2's 
1990 to 2000 best of and the three songs that were reworked for that album uh, were Gone, Discotheque and Staring at the Sun. And finally, North and South of the River, which was the B-side to the Staring at the Sun single. So those are the songs that we can select and we're going to talk about them very shortly. But before we get to that, let's talk about the the album uh, cover. So the album cover is split into four squares and each member of the band is in each square and highlighted in a different colour. So what do you think of uh, of this album cover? Maybe start with you, Ross. I probably prefer albums where the artist or the band's not on it. Um, so it's more a sort of piece of kind of art in itself rather than having their faces plastered over it. Maybe it's fine, it's fine. Not, nothing more than that. I think okay, it's got a Paul. good cover. It, do you know what it reminds me of? The Queen album Hot Space from the early 80s, you know, the four squares, four artists, and there's the four, it kind of reminds me of that a bit and the, the colours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Because I sort of think of U2 is quite... The cover's quite black and white and stuff like that. That's quite different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that Anton Corbin photos. Yeah, yeah, same as Paul. It always reminds uh, me right? of the Queen Hot Space album. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's all right. It's not mm-hmm. the best. But like Ross, I'm no keen on their faces over it. I prefer like a bit of <laughs> artwork or something. But yeah, it's, it's all right. Are you, say, are you saying they're not handsome chaps, Brian? You don't want to see that? Certainly not. Certainly didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope we'll be we'll be hearing from you two's lawyers. And uh, yeah, no, I I like it. It's obviously very uh, colourful. I think based around the the sound of the album and. Uh, discotheque being the lead-off single, so I think it reflects that well. And but yes, I'm the same. I always just think of Hot Space by by Queen. But uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's a nice cover, not a great one, but uh, decent. Okay, so that's the album cover. Uh, let's talk about the album itself. And, and so we're going to talk through the songs that we will definitely have on the TTMS Supercut of the album. Uh, so prior to the show, everyone submitted to me their track listing for what they'd like on the album. And if any of those songs have, in effect, three or four votes, they get onto the album. Um, if any only have a single vote, they don't get on it. And any that have two, those will be uh, the ones that we'll debate to see what will get the, the final spots on the album. So we're going to go through the ones that have made it, uh, first of all. Um, it's probably worth just saying, before we get to the first song, is the Paul earlier on talked about that the uh, obviously critical thought on the album as time's gone by has become uh, less positive. Perhaps it's turned a little bit negative. And the band themselves were unhappy with the final mix of the album uh, and the reason for that is they were kind of forced into finishing the album quickly because they had already booked the pop mart tour and they had to get ready to, to go out on that therefore they had to finish the album in a hurry and they were really dissatisfied with the final mix of it hence uh, some of the songs were reworked uh, for their best of album 
And what you'll also find is that some of the songs were reworked live when they went out on tour uh, and, and were actually performed in a, in a manner that they actually preferred uh, subsequently. Uh, personally, I, I find if you actually watch that, that tour, that most of the songs from the pop album are far better live, uh, which is quite interesting. And I think the U2's manager had said that he felt there was maybe too many cooks in the kitchen uh, producing the album, uh, which didn't help it. So, but anyway, the first song uh, that makes the cut is Discotech. So I'm yeah, maybe going song. to go to you, Brian. Um, you like this song? I think it's a good song to start the album. Good sort of yeah, disco up tempo song. But yeah, no, I like it. Good single. Yeah, mm. positive. Yeah, good lead. Positive lead start. To the album. Positive start. Yep, good single. Uh, Paul. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah, it, definitely. Uh, it's Paul? good because it, I think as well, it looks like they're not taking themselves too seriously because that's probably one of the. The problems I have with you two sometimes is it's almost like, well, certainly Bono takes himself far too seriously, whereas on this it looks like they're just they're having a bit of fun and it's it's nice to see. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ross, um, <laughs> well, let me continue the loving for, for Discotech before we come to Ross, because Ross didn't have it. On his cut, so we'll maybe go to him in a second. So what I like about it, um, I think it's a good song, not a great song. Uh, I think it's a good lead into the album, and I like the. I think it's a good riff on it from the edge. Put some good fuzz box guitar on it uh, with that that kind of main riff in the song. Some nice drum breaks in it as well um, in the production, and I like the outro to the song. You know. Whoa, boom, just go well, Love that um, as it kind of fades out. I, uh, I, I yes, suppose it's the video. Because you hear a song and you see the video and it's obviously the village people, isn't it? The, uh, and there's obviously that element to it towards like the end, the, the, the outro. Um, as a song, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's um, But certainly what I like about the song is the start, the, the actual first 10 seconds, you know, that sort of that guitar riff thing coming in. That's it. I mean, that's really good, but I think after that, the song just... Mm -hmm. It's one of the ones where yep. there's singles on albums of, of bands that you like, and you're just like, ah, it's okay, but album tracks are far better, far stronger, so it's probably just a good example of that. Okay. Thank you. The second song that makes the cut uh -huh. is, and I think this was unanimous, yeah. Mofo. For me, then this would be the yeah, song I would not. start the album with. Um, I, I feel it's one of the songs that's just primed and ideal for for starting the album. And obviously, it's it's 
before we continue in the sort of the style um, of the music on Europa and then acting baby in certain parts, you know, in terms of more sort of electronic uh, sort of production and more more away from a, 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 I suppose a guitar rock rock band. Um, but yes, a song I've always always liked that again live. It was excellent in uh, the pop math too. Yeah, I think uh -huh. Mofo's a great song. Okay, and Paul? Like Ross, I can imagine it, you know, like at, at the start of a gig when the anticipation and that, and that comes in, I think it'd be a really good concert opener, definitely. Yeah, really good song, yeah. Right, you obviously mm, with yeah. me got to see them yeah, it's a great song. Mofo it was live. Probably, it was probably my favourite song when the album first came out, actually. Probably my favourite song on the album. Yeah, it's great. I think they still play it live now, do they? Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah, great live though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's quite funny you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's quite funny you guys. Yeah, and it was. I'll still remember it because it was the
Right, let's uh, let's move well, on to Brian. First, I, I do, yes. Do you like, yes, it, but... do you like it soft and hard too? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't one of my favourites when I first when the first album, well, when it came out first. But as I've been listening to it the last few weeks, it is actually a good song. I do do like it. So, uh, as Paul says, it's soft in parts and hard. <laughs> <laughs> It's what's what's interesting is uh, you're saying you've been listening yeah. to the album again, obviously for the first time in a while, and it's kind of risen in your estimation. I was just going to say the, the yeah, exact yeah. same thing. It's one before which I thought, yeah, it was all right, but actually, this is the one song that's kind of mm. re- really, I'd agree, yeah. um, I really enjoyed a lot more. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, a, it's actually a beautiful song, good song, and. Yeah, I think that out of all of the songs, that's the one that's uh, I really enjoyed. Aye, well, I think much um, since uh, the album of, came out. What about you, Ross? Kind of sticks with me with the song is kind of just the sort of initial start. The we we bono sort of it's quite a sort of haunting sort of singing by him. I mean, I think it's a bit echo in the in the singing. Um, but yeah, it's just a probably just a beautiful song. Yeah, I think that's probably be, best to kind of put it. Uh, a bit more mellow than some of the other songs on the album. Um, <laughs> And probably one that could, I could have probably easily been on mm-hmm. Europa, I think. Quite uh, similar thing. But yeah, yeah, de- definitely. And it was a single, wasn't it? Yeah. Aye, yeah, yeah. So again, aye, aye. And, aye. It was, yeah. The single than the others, I suppose. But unique. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, maybe. No, maybe stick with you for the next one, Ross. Uh, so the next one, which was a unanimous choice again, uh-huh. is. Um, well, stay at ice. Stay at ice. Yeah, what, when the album the came out, it's not now, but well, obviously we'll come to that when when, the, when when you when you go through the songs. But yeah, the, the, definitely a time that was my favourite song, and probably just in through time because I think you mentioned around the Popmart Live EP, which is like the four track thing. I think the live version of that's probably stronger than the, than the, but it's it's just different because it's more acoustic. Um, but yeah, but totally yeah, cracking song. Yeah, absolutely song. Yep. Yeah, it's a great song for me. It's the best song okay, on the Paul. album. And uh, <clears throat> I remember when it first came out because the title reminded me of a Level 42 song and album called Staring at the Sun oh. as well when it first came out. Uh, but <clears throat> really good song. It reminds me of one a bit, sort of that sort of mould. And I, I remember getting quite a lot of the CD singles from the album and, and even the artwork was quite similar to the album, if I remember rightly. Uh, like all the singles artwork was the same so yeah great, great song highlight for me mm-hmm. interesting enough that was the most streamed song uh, yeah on, on the album yeah is it really hmm 
Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a good song, not a great one. Um, I, I think that it's very much expected to be this album's one or stay far away so close, but, uh, but it's not in the same league as either of those two songs, I would say. However, I, I totally agree with Ross that the, the live version of just Bono and The Edge, uh, and, and where they do it acoustically, is brilliant. Um, and, and yeah, better than the, the a good song, one. but not um, one of the best on you, the album, I don't think. Uh, um, not one of my favourites, but yeah, it's good enough. Okay, it's, get, it's getting on the album, guys. Which version gets put on the original release or the redone one for the best of? Is that I, the one for the, for the, 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 the two sides? The I, version. Uh, I, I, I yeah. can't answer that one, Steve. The best of. Yeah, the sort of redone one, so I couldn't possibly say. Where is it? Well, the thing is, <laughs> yeah, well, the funny thing is, Ross, you mentioned around just the album and all that, they weren't happy with it. I've never really bought that. I've always felt the album, the songs were, I mean, it's a couple of songs I don't like, but I always felt the songs were, I quite like the songs as they were, rather than they were redone, so. Okay, but the song gets on nevertheless in either incarnation. All right, next one that makes our cut mm-hmm. is last again, unanimous. Yeah, I last really like this actually. Is another one right. of the ones that I've really enjoyed listening to the last couple of weeks. Um, one when it first came out again, I was it was good, but no, one of my favourites. But listening to it more, uh, it's really good. I like it. Yeah, this is probably, and again, it's probably the same thing. Uh, I liked it at the time, <laughs> and now probably since listening to pop quite a few times in the last couple of years, I'd probably say probably my favourite of the singles that released. Um, yeah, it's just a cracking song, just a brilliant chorus, and uh, again, a pretty mm. good live as well. Yeah, one of the bit okay. kind of highlights on the album for me. Hey, Paul. Remember buying the CD single as well, and I just liked it because it was it was quite upbeat and quite heavy. So yeah, yeah, one of the best on the album, definitely. Yeah, definitely a good driving song. I think there's a nice urgency to it. Good production, you know, the guitar, bass, drums, and so on, and a. Uh, lively memorable chorus so yeah good song good selection and this is my personal favorite uh, on the album and that is gone So maybe start yeah, with think, Paul this time round. I think it's okay. Do, do you know the, the the thing that I seem to have with the U2 albums is they seem to start off really well and then the last kind of, towards the last half, 
the for me the quality seems to go down a bit, a bit like Actung Baby. Mm. I was going yeah. to say the exact same thing. I think that's a mm. U2 trait where their albums really tail off towards then. Yeah. Uh, certainly the last three songs normally. So yeah, for me it's kind of starts yeah, here. Yeah, totally almost. agree. Yeah. Mm. Especially yeah. on this album. Especially on this album. Okay, so mm. gone, not one of your favourites. Really. <laughs> Sorry, it's got... It, You've got a lot it, to say in that one, Paul. Gone. Thanks. It's thanks for... It's thanks for, Thanks for coming. Okay. Was, no. it not, was it not enough soft and hard in it for you? Um, the, the exact same as Paul. All right, Brian, the, save the us. Album. I think the like the start of it's great, and then the second part of the album just sort of tails right off and guns. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's no nothing outstanding. I don't think. Just a average, okay song. Okay. It's a beauty, and also beauty is in the eye of the eye of the okay. beholder. Yeah, that's the kind of saying, and it's it's probably true in music. Um, I, I agree with yourself, Stephen. I mean, for me, it wasn't. Oh, I really liked the song at the time. It was Stay of the Sun that I preferred when I first bought the album, but now, as, as years have kind of gone by, yeah, it's easily my favourite song in the album. I think it's terrific. And, um, and yeah, I suppose, and I, I think with pop as well, I think it's a, sort of the tone of the songs. I think that's where they tail off as well. It's uh, maybe a bit more optimistic in the sort of the first half of the album, and it kind of does off a bit like Act 2 movies, so it's a good, good show that's quite similar in terms of how they maybe pace their albums and the songs that they put on. But yeah, it's gone, 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 just a, I just think it's just a terrific song. And, uh, it's just one of the ones that just does it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's an f- f- absolute classic for me, one of my favourite U2 songs and <sighs> the best song on the album. I, I just think the, the riffs that kind of... It's that bit of the start, isn't it? It's that, it's that then drum. When everything, mm-hmm. Then when everything kind of kicks in, yeah. you know, that doom, 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 yeah. Yeah, doom, 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 then boom. I remember, yeah. I remember it live as well, uh, Ross and Popmart, again, where all the screens suddenly, boom, oh, came to life. It was oh, glorious. Love this song. This time round, it wasn't unanimous. Uh, I think, I think Ross, you might have been the person that uh, held out in this one, and that is "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, um... Kill It's a good song. I, I, I probably was probably more keen to kind of keep it closer to the stuff related to the actual pop album. If I was going to put, I mean, I did put, uh, I did put forward Blue Room right enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of these songs. I, I, I don't think it would necessarily fit in with the album anyway. I mean, it's a good song, but it's probably what I've never really loved. It's okay, but I've never really kind of really loved it. But I know a lot of people do do love the song. That's probably as much, much a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant song. It's, it would yep. be Brian. it would be my favourite song Brian. on the album if it was on the album. But songs from the, the songs around that time—that's I think that's their best. It's just brilliant, mm-hmm. great song. Yep, I 
I agree. I love it. Uh, all of the, mm-hmm. the kind of iron, the walrusy type kind of descending orchestra. I can see what Ross means though about in the back. No fitting onto the album really though. Great it's in it there. Yeah, slightly and, different. Uh, but a great song though. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a brilliant song. Yeah, it's, definitely. Of Paul? course, it was from uh, was it Batman <laughs> Forever? Batman Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just think it's such, it's such movie. a catchy song, and uh, <laughs> it might not fit in in the feel of the album, but I just think the last half of the album feels a bit boring, almost. Whereas this kind of uh, makes you rise up. Get, yeah. Get, get, get your <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Miami. It's, I actually think it's all right. And uh, I think um, there's a couple of bits where it gets a bit more up tempo with like that kind of start yelling the title of the song. You've got the chunky guitar and, and and such like. So yeah, I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. Right. So another song that made the TTMF supercut is please. Uh, I didn't Yeah, that 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 Brian. It's no, yeah, but it's it's actually you all right. It's actually not a bad song. It's one of the better ones out of the last part of the album. It could it might have actually mm-hmm. made it into the cut if I'd <laughs> done the cut about now, but as it as it did, it, it didn't make it, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a song I, yeah. I really like. Again, probably somebody staring at the sun okay. in the, the Popmart live EP version is better, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the mood of the song is probably quite similar to the stuff towards the end. Um, but lyrics are pretty good. I quite like the ly- lyrics in it. And uh, yeah, I think it's one of the strongest songs in the album. Yeah, I think it almost saves the last half of the album. Okay, Paul? And that it is it's quite a sombre song, but I like the sentiment behind it as well, and and uh, it's obviously quite relevant to that year because I think that was the peace process, Northern Ireland peace process in that year, yeah. And that song's about that. And I remember the the single Northern artwork Island, yeah. had like mm-hmm. all the different uh, sides of the, the the situation in Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a it's a good song actually. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a shame about it. Um, it was a pity the single version wasn't what was on the album because the single version is better, much better. Uh, I think the first half is very similar, but the second half is, is much more improved, a bit more urgency to it, and there's an orchestra on it, so there's a bit more tension um, in, the, in the second half of the song and the single remix. Um, so that yeah, for me that would be the the version that on the album the remix. Yes. Uh, okay, guys, thanks for that. We've got our eight songs that are definitely on there, which means uh, with time and such like, we've got two song spaces available. So let's let me just quickly go through the songs that only got a vote, one vote each. Therefore, they are not making it. And I'll maybe 
Uh, not for all of them. I'll maybe pick up on, on a couple of them for comment. Uh, Holy Joe didn't make yeah. it. Which... Was the B-side discotheque, I think, Brian, that was right? Um, I, th I think, yeah. Uh, Blue Room didn't make it. North and south of the river didn't make it. But we're north and south of the river. I've been doing it wrong all of my life. Uh, wake up, dead man. I, it was written around the time <laughs> of Actune Baby. So it was one of these songs where it was, it could have been, I think it could have been on the album. No, I don't think it would have made it, but it was around about that time. Um, but as, as a song as well, mm -hmm. uh, it's a bit of a downer, I understand that album, but I quite like I, mean, I, I, just, I just really like the album. Again, it's got uh, the, the song, um, quite like uh, um, The Riff as well by The Edge. Um, yeah, this is a song I've always liked, but not my favourite. Um, and maybe mm -hmm. the other songs might be better to finish the album, but yeah, a song I've always liked. Yeah, mm. I like the simplicity of it. I think the and Bono's distorted vocals mm -hmm. uh, and the, that kind of wailing effect that goes on in the background during the verses, mm. uh, which is quite nice as well. Um, but yeah, it did not make it. Um, the another one that didn't make it was if you wear that velvet dress. Yeah. But you. If you that one forward uh, Ross as well yeah I mean it's one and, of the ones where I mean, on for the me music like and, and you're like, a fan brought albums I didn't want like uh, just be jam back through the singles or upbeat songs you need to carry a bit of I think a contrast and it's just one of the ones as well it's it's probably a bit of a downer but I think it works in the album that you, you, there's a bit of variety uh, and just that's all I really like as well actually it's, uh, but it's very uh, it's very downbeat yeah, I'm Brian, not, not a fan of it. If you wear that velvet a, dress, you're quite a boring song. Not one of my favourites. Wasn't on my. Didn't make my cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a bit forgettable. I think. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. I'm with you. I think you said 
Well, I was almost going to pick so it just Miami, the title. <laughs> I love Miami, but a bit, a bit like the previous song, it's just boring. It's just like, I don't know, just like there's no passion. They're all like, <laughs> you know, there's no... Sounds like Ian Brown. Just, you know, it's just like, I don't know. But just, you need to, it feels like you need to, it's like they need to uh, be charged or Don't get charged them with electricity, give them a bit more life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, charged so, yeah, by the it's, place? It's, it's, it's just a bit boring, to be honest. But a good, almost made it onto the album. It's probably one of the ones where bands or anyone else would try to be a bit more experimental with their music. And sometimes experimental just means you know, pretty gar- pretty, pretty, pretty garbage. An album full of night, that's just a great example. It's pro- probably my second worst song in the album. Um, but no, I'm pretty forgettable for me. Well, it's, it's an interesting when we're talking about the album. Because like, I, uh, as, as part of preparing for this, I, I had bought the, the double album final reissue of Pop. And it was really quite striking for me which we're kind of all agreeing on is how the album does mm. tail off because there's three songs on each side. So you've got the four sides of the record. Each song's got three sides. And leading up to it, there's kind of a nice ebb and flow of slower, faster songs all the way through it. And you get to the final side where you've got, if you wear that velvet dress, please, is, and is, wait a uh, dead man. Great. And it's a real three-song downer all the way to the I, end. I, I, I think and, they're good songs. I think they're really good songs, songs, but maybe the sequence are a bit better than the I. But that's but acting maybe is like that as well, isn't it? The yeah. last three at least. Acrobat, is that Acrobat mm-hmm. and um, Love is Blinders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's how they do it though. If you, yep. if you go back to like uh, Joshua yep. Tree, that mm-hmm. it's exit yeah. is a second last quite a moody song. Um, it seems to be that that's generally been their sort of approach with a lot of their albums. And it's music. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone, to quote track three from the album, it's time to be complete mofos and make your case as to why a song should not feature on the pop supercut. So you've each been allocated a song which is still available for selection to go on the album. And you're going to convince the rest of us the reason as to why it should not feature. So I'm going to spin the roulette wheel. (laughs) Sounds like a ZX Spectrum playing in the background. So let me bring up the roulette wheel and we'll let that decide.
It's Brian. So, Brian, the, the song that you're going to be arguing yes, that should thank you. not be an album is Miss <laughs> yeah, well, Sarajevo. Miss Sarajevo, I had it. The floor is yours. Cut off the album. Um, I think it's a really good song, actually. But uh, maybe it just doesn't fit in on the album. I think it probably works better as a standalone track. And uh, yeah, I think it's good to have on, on it as well. It's something different. Uh, and it was a single as well. So and it wasn't on any album. So maybe that's why it should be left as it is, I think. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Classic. I don't think it would have fitted in with the, nah. with the mood of the album. Yeah. Mm. Great. Um, I would go as far mm. to say I think this is yeah. one of U2's greatest I songs. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> song. Love it. Absolutely love it. And it's different as well. I love it. I think the I think the orchestra yeah. in it, the, the, the obviously what the song's about as well. I think the, the Pavarotti uh, cameo on it. Uh, very different. Uh, I think it's... Uh, if you actually... It's just the add-in. Actually, Miss Sarajeva still got the single, I think, CD single. And on that, um, you get a orchestral live version of one. And that's outstanding. If you've ever heard it, it's pretty special. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I had that uh, as well. And also the the single version of Miss Sario, mm-hmm. the it went on just a little bit longer, so you, you heard more of the kind of outro of the orchestra. Um, whereas on the best of album, it's actually just shortened that little bit slightly. You you miss just this really uh, nice little bit that they cut off in the edit, which is a shame. Okay, uh, thanks for that, Brian. Well, our next person to argue is. <laughs> of you two it's just one of the ones where <laughs> it's just doesn't really go anywhere it's wishy-washy um yeah and i think that's probably think about the album itself pop you know i put up there and sort of similar to think albums like war where war's a great brilliant album but it's got a couple of absolutely stinkers in it um and that's just an example of pop that's it's an absolute stinker avoid it no. Does anybody no, want to make a case? I agree with Ross. Well, apart from, apart from Hugh Hefner, I don't think anyone else likes it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, he, he's dead now, so he's not making a case for it. I'll, I'll come to its defence slightly. I, I was listening to the album again today, and yes, it's not, it's not a great song, but I like it. I think it's a nice, breezy, up-tempo, sunny song, uh, which is in contrast to the final three songs on the album. So, uh, And I like the, the guitar in it, the kind of rising and fall guitar, which is very similar just in a slightly different way to even better than the, the real thing from Act Tongue Baby. So, yeah, it's not a blockbusting song, but I like it. Okay, um, that means, Paul, you've got the last song to argue, which is... Um, do you feel... Do you feel love? Feel... Away. <laughs> I think it's okay. It's it just feels a bit flat after such a kind of like upbeat discotheque and and it it kind of goes downhill a wee bit. Then Mofo brings it back up. And you like this one, don't you? Yeah, I think it's just a it's a good song. Um, what do you like about it? Sort of quite up tempo ish. Sort of quite a got a classic U2 feel to it, I think, and yeah, I like it. It's good. I think it fits in well after discotheque. Yeah, it's actually one of my favourite songs at all. Uh, and again, probably one of the ones where okay. it's only years later that it's probably become one of my favourites. Long gone. Um, so I like it, and it's good. It's got a good pace there. Um, yeah, it's just a terrific song. Yeah, my, my thoughts on it. I mean, I like the first minute where it's largely instrumental, just with, uh, as you say, Brian, a very U2 sounding drum and bass kind of groove uh, going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an all right song. I, I think it's pretty unremarkable. It's got a good chorus on it. I think there's a nice instrumental break after the second chorus. So didn't make my cut, um, I think, just for time. But yeah, it's, I think it's all right. Okay, so those are the arguments for and against those three songs. What we need to do now is rate them. And the song with the highest average rating uh, gets on. To, in fact, the, the, the songs with the two highest ratings go onto the album because we've selected yeah. eight so far and we've got space for two songs. So, Brian, we're going to go and review or go, go around and One. can you give me your ratings for Playboy Mansion? Is that is that seventy five, Stephen? You're going to give it one, okay? <laughs> Not fun. <five, laughs> it is out of five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, Brian. Yeah, uh, do you feel do you love? Feel love. I would give that's, it a, that's a bit three. Song the rating, please. Miss Sarevo, I would give that a four. Three and Miss Sarevo. One, four, okay. Uh, Paul, Evo. same question. So, Playboy Mansion. Three. All the time, yeah. Uh, what about a I'd give that a two. Um, Playboy Mansion. Okay, Ross, one. 
Very generous. I thought it was a zero oh, coming from you there. Can I, can, I, can I go zero? <laughs> oh, one, one. Um, go with that. Uh, Miss Arevo. It's got to be four. Even though fact, it's got to be five. Absolutely. It's an absolute belter. Um, and do you feel love? Uh, four. Four. Okay, thank you. Uh, for me, uh, Playboy Mansion, uh, I'm going to give it two. Do you feel love? I would give that Three and Sarajevo, I would give a five. So, with that being the case, I think we can safely say that the Playboy Mansion is not going to make the cut of the album. And do you feel love? And Sarajevo do make the grade, which is fabulous. Okay. So that we can now then say the super cut of the album is the following. We've got Discotech, we've got Mofo, uh, God Will Send His Angels, Staring at the Sun, uh, Last, no- Last Night on Earth, Gone, Please, mm. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, Do You Feel Love, and Miss Sari Evo. So, thinking of that track selection, gents, what would be your rating at five, four. you reckon? Uh, so we'll start with you, Brian. With that track list, I think you rated three before. a point to four, I would think. Four, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Brian. Yeah, because I I started off at three. Okay, good. I think Paul and yeah, I would put it up to a four now. Yeah, I think that's because um, Miss Sarajevo and hold me, kill, kill me, kiss me, thrill me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say that <laughs> once, let alone five times. <laughs> but I think I think I'd nose two on the album. Give is it that, a bit of salt. Give it a bit of salt a sauce before it was maybe a bit like dry <laughs> okay. salt sauce on it. Yeah, <laughs> a, a bit more, a bit more. Hard the same four. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I think I was probably overly generous saying that the original album was a four. Um, a, a, mm. Probably a three and a f- three point five or something for the original release. I would give this a four. Yeah, yeah definitely, it's much improved. Mm. Okay, good job. I would say to you, gentlemen. So I'm going. So guys, I, I, I'm guessing yes, we all prefer yes. the. No. TTMS super cut over the original. No, I I would prefer the original. You're gone as a song says. Goodbye, Ross. Who invited this guy? (laughs) I'll go with the majority. Uh, okay, thanks you all for joining us today. The The next podcast is going to be taking a look at Metallica's Unjustice for All album. Uh, how can you listen to the podcast? Well, you can visit the, the main podcast distributors such as Apple and Spotify to, to listen and follow the show. You can also check us out on our YouTube channel and access us via the Anchor website, where you can also leave us voicemail. Uh, you can send us email at trimmingthemusicfat at gmail.com, and you can visit our website, www.trimmingthemusicalfat.com, and you can head to the forums there uh, to discuss the albums we're trimming and what albums you'd perhaps like to see us uh, take a look at in the future. And finally, we're also on social media, so head over to our Facebook and Instagram sites to see what is happening. So, until next time, please, please, get up off your knees and turn the podcast off. 
And thanks for listening. Goodbye. And to our guests, we can't do this podcast with or without you. You're gone. Yeah, I'll get my coat. Have you your day job? Goodbye. <laughs> hey. <laughs>